You're listening to Brand to Brand, a B2B marketing show that's safe enough for work, but not safe enough to be on the radio. With your host, Thomas Sterling. Hey, everybody. Today on the show, we're talking about market activation. We'll take a look at brands like White Claw and Truly to uncover marketing tips you can learn from the hard seltzer craze. All right, crack open a cold one and let's get into it. It's the moment that we've all been waiting for, where we get to crack in. Oh, that's nice. You know, Yours we, is bigger than mine. Yeah, you bought these. <laughs> I know. Are you trying to kill me? I didn't know who was going to take what brand, and now we kind of already gave it away. Oh, we didn't give it away if you're listening. <laughs> this is a good reason why. You get the hot tips first if you watch the video. So why are we here drinking seltzers? Because seltzers have literally taken the alcohol industry by storm and become the ipso facto number one summer beach beverage of choice. And that happened seemingly overnight, literally just taking over the industry. What are your thoughts, V? I mean, it's kind of crazy. We've seen some new brands emerge, the two we're talking about today. But what's really interesting is when you start to see major beer companies jumping on the bubbly bandwagon. Mm. It's reminding me a lot of like pop music, when a song starts to become popular, when the top 40 station picks it up, you know they're about to play it to death. So while that's great, it shows that that song's popular, it is almost like a foreshadowing of a coming crash Mm. because there's too much of a good thing. Everyone kind of gets sick of it. So it's interesting to see how long it's going to take or if, maybe it's when, this trend to start to decline, but I think there's a lot we can learn from looking at it and how this has really gotten to where it is in terms of popularity. 100%. And the advertising machine behind these seltzer brands are starting to feel like an all-out war for market share, kind of like, you know, the Verizon versus Sprint commercials. It sounds like a perfect match to jump into the ring. (laughs) Let's get into it. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! All right, White Claw... Truly. You got a White Claw. I got a Truly. Let's go. This was even an interesting experience buying these because I went in and I'm like, am I going to have to buy a 12 pack of seltzers for each of these? And then I'm like, oh no, of course they sell huge tall boys of both of these (laughs) brands. And these are the only two tall boy seltzers they sold, which I think was good uh, or a good reminder for us that we picked the two uh, big boys. How many, uh, what's your ABV over there? My ABV is 5%. I got a 5% as well. Mine contains alcohol, it says. I mean, mine also (laughs) contains alcohol. (laughs) Truly wild berry hard seltzer with an aftertaste that... uh, Leaves something to be desired. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) So good. I have a White Claw hard seltzer ruby grapefruit spikes sparkling water with a hint of ruby grapefruit. Now, why'd you choose White Claw? Ipso facto, 800-pound gorilla in the seltzer space. Am I right? I think you might be right, though. Truly is definitely trailing close behind. These are kind of like the Coke and Pepsi of the seltzer market. I chose White Claw because... I didn't know hard seltzer was a thing, never heard of it. I'm sure there were some niche small brands somewhere, but White Claw was the first hard seltzer I ever heard of or saw. Summer 2019 took the internet by storm, and I want to play a little clip for you. White Claw Summer 2019, baby. 
fuck those glasses. Basically just a vegan Four loco. I mean, if you think about it, LaCroix, it's just a virgin white claw. It's like a Four loco that went to private school. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. <laughs> oh, my bad. I mean, it's basically just a rich person's limerita. I only drink white claws on days that I'm with wise. That's all of them, Margaret. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what seltzer means, but it sounds rich. People still drink IPAs? It's practically a smoothie. Ruben, is that an IPA? <laughs> Get it together, man. So that's a video by Trevor Wallace. Trevor Wallace, who you said was credited for... I think he started Kyle, which Kyle. is like the male version I of I think you're Karen. going too fast. Yes. <laughs> started the concept of calling some dude you don't like Kyle. He's like kind of like a hardo, like drinks mm -hmm. Monster Energy drinks and rides dirt bikes. Kind of like, like a Chad, except, you know, Chad's the... Oh my God. <laughs> Kyle is a... He's Kyle a is the antithesis scale. of Chad. <laughs> it's like if you had a scale... It's Chad to Kyle. Where do you fall on the scale? So he launches this video, 2019, hits the internet by storm. And what does it speak to? It speaks to the power of this movement, the concept that these drinks are healthier. Basically water. Don't even get you drunk. Super crushable. And then he says in his thing... Does anybody even drink IPAs anymore? Everybody's been moving now towards right? these lighter drinks, lower alcohol content. But, like, people are drinking a ton of these other different craft kind of almost cocktail ones of vodka sodas and tequila sodas and all these other things. And all of that has come out of the popularity of these yeah. seltzers and a trend of people saying, I want to have something super light and summery. And some of that is making its way out of the summer season. Obviously, summer is the official season of seltzers, but it's really got momentum. It's crazy. And I think after that video is part of it too. But what was so interesting from a marketing standpoint is it's always fascinating to me when you see brands start to make their way into meme culture. That's obviously something that I pay, pay close attention to. There was this time period towards the start of White Claw's popularity where the internet was kind of shitting on men, particularly who drink White Claws, basically saying definitively, this is a girly drink. Well, because there were wine coolers and other sort yeah, of interesting exactly. mixed drinks before yeah. that were very Spritzers, exactly. white wine spritzer. But it, so like there's so many memes making fun of this and it's like all of that didn't even matter. The damage was not done. They've really transcended where anybody's, anybody could order this or drink this. I'm sure there's still some parties who are out there judging. I mean, if we're talking <laughs> about activating a new market and you're thinking about this target audience and understanding that like this health craze in many ways, you know, appeals to women, maybe first and, and foremost, but to be able to come full circle, to be able to get past some of that and to be able to change yeah. the the impetus. Because, yeah, I remember when White Claws came out at first, it was just sort of like, okay, well, what the hell is this? They were actually, which is so funny that we're talking about this with the health thing. They were founded in 2016 by the Mark Anthony Group, which is the same manufacturer as Mike's Hard Lemonade, which had a similar stigma to it, but was packed with sugar. So then they come out with this, all right. The health craze, people are starting to care about like not pumping their body with sugar. What's our response to this? The White Claw, low calorie, low ABV. And um, no laws, too. No laws when you are drinking <laughs> claws. claws. Absolutely set records in 2019. <laughs> it was the number one seltzer in the U.S. with sales of $1.5 billion. And it's just grain alcohol mixed with some other ingredients. It's not. It's not like this is really that 
No, this isn't like a healthier. crazy invention. No. It's just low calorie, low alcohol content. It's a, it's become a lifestyle brand. There are bars that have Trulies on tap. Well, I guess we should probably get into it. Yeah, why, let's well, get yeah, into Yeah, why don't you tell me a little Truly. bit about Truly? Truly. I, I did not know they were on tap, first of all. Oh, yeah. Truly owned by Boston Beer Company. Same Ooh. company that produces Sam Adams, Twisted Tea, Angry Orchard, and Dogfish Head Craft Beers. And they actually just launched this year an ad campaign with Dua Lipa in May with the tagline, No One Is Just One Flavor, kind of playing on all of the developments in pop culture around race, gender, etc. It's interesting seeing some of the white claw gender stereotyping. This sort of new social it's, and yeah. gender norms sort of playing like, off this word yeah. flavor. No one's one flavor. We're all unique. So drink it truly. Don't you love capitalism? It's great. Nobody knows what they are anymore (laughs) or what they want to drink. And that can change. It's very fluid. Just like IPAs. They may be back in at some future date. Who knows? They are literally fluids. They're fluids. (laughs) That's how fluid they are. We're on to something. We are. Maybe truly. truly. We are on something. We are on. Zard Seltzer. These drugs are kicking in. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that, which is interesting, I think one of Truly's marketing tactics was also to make fun of dry January. Yes, dry January. Dry January. What the hell is that? That's weird. I don't know if everybody that's listening even knows about dry January. Probably they do, but it's a big, big thing that keeps growing year over year where people after the holidays decide, you know what, I would like to take a break from all of this crazy celebrations. And so they don't drink for the entire month. Yeah. And so this is playing off that saying dry January. And again, I think that also speaks to the concept that, okay, they've barreled into this new industry. It was originally just geared towards summer. They've penetrated that market. They've gotten men and women both hooked on the seltzer and now they're working on shifting the paradigm to make it so that it's a year-round drink and what's so interesting about that with them breaking into this market they're also trying to transcend generations because right now a lot of their marketing is targeted towards millennials yeah and despite all this crazy seltzer growth most recently the boston beer company which makes truly uh, their stock has actually taken a hit. They have had disappointing quarter of profitability Ooh. because of softer than expected demand for hard seltzers. More than anything, because there is so much competition in the space. Bud Light seltzers, Corona seltzers, everybody is getting into Everybody it. has a seltzer now. The market is primed for a bubble It makes sense that we're seeing a trend overall, really across generations, where I think as there's an increase of access to information with the internet, with social media, people are really leaning into anything that is promoting a healthier lifestyle. That being said, that's making people very susceptible to snake oil salesmen who believe, like in that funny clip we played, that a White Claw is like water. It even says on the can, made pure. (laughs) It's still booze, people. It's great it has less sugar, but like you're still choosing to consume alcohol. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And there are consequences. What do you think if Forrest Gump drank White Claws? If Forrest Gump drank White Claws, I feel like this is a trick question. You know, my mama always said life was like a box of White Claws. You never know which one you're gonna get. Black cherry. Yo, I said I'm good, dude. Suit yourself. Are you drunk? Maybe. (laughs) 
The internet is in love See, with White Claw. It really is. They really have the best brand presence of any of these in terms of memes, in terms of uh, people quoting them on social media. They are synonymously the seltzer of seltzers, the Xerox of seltzers, the clear Kleenex, the Kleenex, <laughs> the Clorox of cleaners. You're right. It's like when people say, can I have a Kleenex instead of a tissue? Yes. Or they call like lip balm chapstick, mm -hmm. which is also a brand. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do th when they think seltzer, think uh, White Claw. And I do have to say, Thomas, and I apologize, but I think we don't always pick a winner on this show, but I think White Claw might have truly beat. Uh, not in flavor. Oh, you think in flavor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of these brands. No, is right. we're, we're drinking I'm the sorry. McDonald's and Burger King of beverages right now. <laughs> I, I think I have Burger King, and that makes me upset. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is true. <laughs> As you said, though, this is appealing to people that are looking, and their entire strategy revolves around an experience. People looking for something that's healthier, looking for alternatives to what they're currently consuming to fit the balances in their lifestyle. It is people who want to have their cake and eat it, too. How can we get drunk and party without killing our bodies? It's or a, it's have a question. laws that we need to <laughs> <laughs> adhere to. I mean, we always talk about some other brands. Uh, are there any honorable mentions that we feel like we should give a little shout out to? There and discuss? are so many. <laughs> there are so many there in the market. So many. <laughs> I want to break the news on the air in front of live audience members that Bud Light Seltzers are actually pretty good. Yeah, you told me this before we started recording and I called bullshit and you said you had done the same and you called bullshit. So I guess tasting is believing and now I have to go They don't have give this it a whirl. truly terrible aftertaste. <laughs> <laughs> truly, it's truly terrible. Uh, truly does have some good flavors. There are some flavors in their variety pack. You don't have to song. you don't this have to save them. This is not the best one. I'm not trying <laughs> to save them. I'm just saying but Willie's Super Brew out of Boston. Uses goats in their advertising. Uses That's cool goats by me. Goats in their advertising. That's cool by me. Pretty cool. Founded in the Cape. Um, believe right now their headquarters are in the seaport or in Boston, or they have an office in Boston. I don't know. Everybody's drunk. <laughs> They're all drinking seltzer. They don't know where they are. They are actually kind of on like the seltzer kombucha train. Like it kind of has, I think they brand themselves as like, not a seltzer, not a cider. Like we're something else entirely. Well, there really is salt, like uh, real fruit juice inside. Minimal natural ingredients. They have a ginger lemon that's really good. There is another one that is also regional to the New England area, Polar, which I will say on air, you revealed something about Bud Light Seltzers. I will reveal that I have a polar seltzer addiction, as does my family. Runs in the family. We love it. They got on the hard seltzer craze. It's really good seltzer, though. It is, and the, they've adapted. They've completely adapted, and when they launched the product, they launched the product with Arctic Summer as the brand name. Yeah. And I remember experiencing seeing an Arctic Summer on the, sh on the shelves in fall and thinking, wow, that was a brand fail. Don't ever name something something that alienates mm. your customer from purchasing it because you could see people looking at it and being like, oh, well, that's old. 
I don't want that. That's out of season. Smartly, their marketing team said, how about we change it to Arctic Chill? Arctic Chill, you could have any time. Arctic Chill, sounds nice around the holidays. Have a little Arctic Chill, why not? Try it on for size. Here we go. It is interesting. It's reminding me of uh, the Coors Light Lemon Lime Drink Zima that was launched in 1993 to compete with low ABV wine coolers, but the product failed because retailers didn't know what to do with it it just goes to show you that this was before its time. It, the market wasn't ready for it, and sometimes that happens. You can create a new market. You can smash in there, and if your marketing's good enough, you can figure out a way to, I was going to say, weasel your product in there. Super you can brew figure your out, product in. You can figure out a way to get your product in there. But, yeah, that's that's something that's it's sad because who knows? If Zima had come out in 2018... Who knows if White Claw would have been as popular? We will never know. We'll never know. But what's what's fascinating about this and what it just all ties back to is the power of marketing, but not only just that, because like, duh, marketing's powerful, understanding the market you're trying to break into on such a fundamental level that you can think six moves ahead of anticipating what their needs will be for a need they don't even know they have yet. That's what's fascinating. Because like White Claw started creeping up and as it start, it was gaining popularity with people who were looking for a healthier beverage, boom, White Claw was already there. So once the seltzer craze, word of mouth, people are talking about seltzers, White Claw is the premier brand. But if White Claw came out in 1993, I don't think we'd be talking about it. And what's also fascinating about this as well, both of these brands are suffering from a decline in sales to some level because of rising competition in the marketplace. Just like IPAs, craft beer craze, Drinkers are very interested in trying the next new thing, yeah. and loyalty does not always last. The The taps that rotate at your local bar are constantly changing. If you had a crystal ball, do you think that uh, this seltzer trend is going to continue to grow, or do you think we're going to start to see a decline? I feel like we will see a lot of brands that aren't performing well enough fail. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if necessarily, I think as a whole, the number of brands on the market will decline. Consolidation in the marketplace? I think so. That makes more sense to me. I feel like there will always be a place for a hard seltzer, mm -hmm. for a white car or a truly. I don't think we'll see as many brands taking the risk of launching a new product in such a crowded space. Well, let's hear from CNBC, which just did air something on this specific topic. Well, Boston Beer having a rough few months. The stock down more than 20% since April, but the company did get a boost today after a bullish upgrade from Credit Suisse, citing its seltzer business. Frank Holland here with more on the seltzer trade. Hi, Frank. Hey there, Courtney. You know, Boston Beer, the maker of truly hard seltzer, closed more than 3% higher today after that Credit Suisse upgrade on the strength of its seltzer franchise and the forecast for demand to bubble up. But Credit Suisse sees a huge opportunity for Boston Beer, AB InBev, and Constellation Brands to grow share. And uh, actually, White Claw's growth has actually decelerated during 2021. And as of that airing of that show, which was a few weeks ago now back in July, White Claw had 39% of the marketplace. Boston Beer Companies truly had 29%. Bud Light was creeping up at 14%. Mm. And uh, Corona was at 3.5%. And now for something completely different. So what can we learn about drinking on the job? All jokes aside, putting this to work, thinking about how we can take these major seltzer brands and the concept of the show today, really thinking about this concept of activating a new market. First and foremost, it comes back to starting out with your target, starting out with that target, identifying that target audience for this new offering and thinking about how you plan to reach them. 
And then it's knowing your competition, knowing how you're going to be different, understanding how Truly has positioned themselves against a White Claw competitor, as well as these other seltzer brands that have new points of view on how they want to do it. Making sure it hasn't been done before. We don't want to just match and mirror here. We need to launch something that's effectively new. Otherwise, we're not going to necessarily grow market share. Next step, really, after we've nailed our target is validate the demand for this product. It is 2021. It has never been easier for you to validate the demand for your product. That could be going on Google and looking to see how many people have searched for this specific thing that you're looking for. Measure the demand any way that you can. If it's a software adventure, think about creating a free trial or a demo. If it's a product, Kickstarter. There's a bunch of other tools that are out there where you can, with minimal money on the line, determine if there actually is an interest in your product or service before you launch it. Once you've actually validated that demand, next step appealing to your audience, it's locking down the domains, doing the trademarking, protecting the idea before you tell too many people. NDAs, folks. <laughs> next thing, it's like build out that online storefront, the landing page, the brochure website, whatever it is. Then you need to develop a clear messaging strategy that leads with how you are solving the problem. In this case, a healthier life, a healthier beverage. Sure, you like to drink? This is a healthier way to do it. It's a win-win. Figure out what that means for your specific case. Offer early use incentives. We talked about Uber, Airbnb, all these uh, organizations that are using investor capital to drive down the costs. I took an Uber ride the other day. It was $60. It should have been $20 if I took a cab. At some point, that wears off. Learn from your customers. Learn from them. Collect as much information as you can of those early adopters, especially the ones that you've offered those incentives. And then think about starting to plan the next version of your product. If it's a software product, it's a release cycle. If it's a business venture, it's just continuing to refine what that customer experience is and what your delivery methodology looks like. If we were taking something away from the episode today, if we're thinking about trying to activate something new in a market, whether it's a new business division, new product, new service, et cetera, it's never been easier to test and measure the interest in the product before you get too far down the road. Something else you could take away from the episode is just because something's marketing itself as pure, gluten-free, low-carb, low-sugar, uh, does not mean it's actually good for you. And with that, we're out, folks. Thanks so much for listening to Brand to Brand. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends. Yeah.